GameZillaMedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Dino Nine, and Jazzy Fiddle. Gamezilla. Look, there comes one of them now. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? We give you the board one time. One time. One time. Damn lights are so weird. There's They're numbers. Reversed. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, incompetent co-host, Jazzy Fiddle. Hello. <laughs> and uh, don't forget our producer, Testonomics. Muted. He's muted. I'm muted. I'm just gonna do it all. I got it. I got it. I got it. Don't We're touch good. those We're buttons good. anymore. Man. We're good. Oh, I here asked- I am. Hold on. Hold on. We're good. Hey, everybody. How you doing today? All right. Listen, I asked you at the beginning of this of today if you could handle the board and the keyboard, and clearly, you lied to me. I know. I just can't see anything behind this mic. I'm always got it set up like this. Okay. Anyways, our producer, Testonomics, taking care of the stream today on Twitch.tv. Go ahead. You can now say something. What up, though? There we go. <laughs> I got him. My God. I got him. We're good. We're, We're good. back from PAX. Bad, yeah. uh, if you, Still a little sleepy. Got a little jet lag. If you wonder who was injured uh, and the reason of delay, Jazzy didn't have a closed head injury. It was actually me and my legs all jacked up. But it may seem like someone over here is having a stroke. It's not the case. He's just not used to uh, being in the big boy chair. Well, you know, um, there's a lot of dials here. All right. Well, welcome to episode 203 of GameZilla Podcast. This is a very special podcast because Deadite's not here. That's basically it. It's the best episode ever. It's not like we, uh, you know, spent the whole weekend in one of the biggest gaming conventions, uh, you know, in the world, but we did. So we're going to be doing a PAX East special show where we're going to talk about what was announced at PAX East. So there is some gaming news this week, and it all came from PAX East. We're also going to be talking about uh, personal... C2E2. No. Personal experience at PAX East, some of our favorite things that we did at the show, uh, what we got hands-on with, and, and some of the feedback that we can give you, uh, you know, first person, as far as, uh, you know, things like, I don't know, Detroit Become Human. Which was a third-person game. Soul Calibur Six. And other great games. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name them all off. <laughs> no, no, so. that one didn't deserve it. <laughs> oh my god. So but, far, uh, so good. Yeah. Anyways, we do. Uh, we do want to talk about packs, and we thought there's not a better way to do it than bringing. You know, we love noobs and dragons, right? We we love noobs. We love putting people in situations that they have no clue what to expect or what to do. So we thought, well, if we're going to do this show, let's kick Deadite off because he wasn't in Boston, and let's find someone that went to Boston, but maybe it was their first gaming convention of that caliber. So, uh, yeah, we brought back 8-Bit Steve. Hey! I'm here. Uh, hey, 
teleported me in. I wasn't here until just right. that second. And That's his mic right. worked. And my mic just huh. want everybody to know that. We can tell who Jazzy's favorite is. That's right. But uh, so yeah, we have we have Eight Bit Steve here in the studio. It's his first time on Games Little Podcast. Yep. he's been on almost every other show, and um, yeah, basically we're gonna we're gonna you know um, ask him about his uh, thoughts and feelings on the convention when we get into it. But I, I think uh, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a real short team talk. So uh, Jazzy, I know you hate this music, and you probably don't even know a button to push because I mean. <laughs> Let's just give it a try, though. Wow! Nailed it! First try. You guessed, didn't you? You just, like, blindly pushed a button. You're like, please, please, dear God, let this be it. Thank God it was the right button. <laughs> this show is smoothing right out. We won't need that yep. by the end of it. <sighs> then I come back as soon as you can. All right. Anyways, um, Team Talk. This is uh, our gaming moment of the week. I think most of them will probably take place uh, from Boston, but we'll start with our guest, 8-Bit Steve. Gaming ah. moment of the week. What do you think? What uh, what you got for us? The stuff at PAX count? Yeah, something that you <laughs> Did it played. happen during the week? Something that you played that maybe you don't <laughs> want to talk about later. Uh. <laughs> oh, by the way, Steve has some major... Coughing uh, issues. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm not to, even going to mute you because if I do, no, no, don't do that. I have the packs. I won't turn yeah. it back on. He, Steve, oh. Steve yelled so much at packs, like a little yeah. girl, like just like, ah! oh my god, ah! It's it was, kind of accurate. Yeah. I mean, it's we the packs virus. We that walked. Sounds like we walked legit. the convention separate because I got I couldn't handle it. But he yelled so much that he now his throat's all jacked up permanently. <laughs> Most hair on stream. <laughs> it's 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 not as much as you think. Yeah, I just put it. That but way. it is the mo- but it, the comment still stands. Yeah, that's true. It is accurate. Yeah. Steve has the most hair on stream. Most most hair on his head, we should say. Yeah. Because I'm a very hairy person. Yeah. Overall. We we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to get you guys want to see. <laughs> no. Anyways, what was what was your okay, uh, gaming moment of the week? Um, I played a game called Speedrunners. Which is weird because I am a speedrunner. It's made by Tiny Build. Um, it wasn't my favorite experience, but it was really cool. I'm going to talk about my favorite experience later. But uh, speedrunners was really awesome. It's like a four-player head-to-head game where the goal is to just go as fast as possible. So you're, you, it's like Bionic Commando style. It's the best way I can describe it. You're running. You have a grappling hook. You go in and out of like weird, weird little holes, and there's there's like flippers like in a pinball. It's really cool. Um, we got to play that early morning on Saturday at the Tiny Build booth, uh, and then did an interview with the Tiny Build person, which was really cool. So definitely check that game out. I'm going to be playing it a lot because it's exactly what I want to be doing. I want to go fast, and I want to compete against other people. It's perfect. And he won. Of course I won. <laughs> <laughs> He's a speedrunner. We take him everywhere because we want to win, and yeah. we know we can't win, I so win. we got to take everyone Who doesn't want to win? <sighs> I mean, Anyways. it's okay if you don't win. Yeah. It's okay. But I like. I'm just used to losing, so I don't want to win. Oh, I was wondering. I was like, "Do you have a question?" Uh, no, Nancy? no, that was just student. Me uh, hand. Student in the middle, your hand was raised. What can I? What can we do for you? Mm-hmm. Um, What's your gaming what moment it, of the week, Jazzy? What is winning like? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you'll ever experience. Um, <sighs> we'll get more into the details, but my gaming moment actually had nothing to do with gaming, and it had everything to do with who I met from gaming, and mm-hmm. that was ran into Rivington the third shoutcaster from League of Legends got to take a photo with the dude got him to sign my Echo Fox hat boo so now I currently have a hat that a Gamezilla hat with Rick Fox's signature on it and then an Echo Fox hat with Rivington's 
signatron. So, so I'm kind of like, one man, cool hat with one yeah, good signature. At least on it. <laughs> couldn't have the just Rick got Fox Rick one. Fox to sign my Echo Fox hat. Actually, but... I can't even really support that Rick Fox. Yeah, the more I think about it, he's Echo Fox. So yeah, they both they both suck. Sorry. Uh, okay. I'm just kidding, Rick. Don't 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 fire us. You haven't yeah. hired us yet, but don't fire us. That was got my gaming moment. All right, and I enjoyed it. I nerded it out. Yeah, like, it was cool. Yeah. Uh, the story, out. the story to that will be uh, will be nice because uh, yeah, it was a special. It was special. Yeah, very special. All right, um, and then my uh, my moments would uh, be in definitely in uh, Boston. Uh, I got to nerd out and play some a game I've always wanted to play, and it's been it's been in the circuit. It's been in the convention circuit for a while, and the lines have always been insane. But I got to play Dauntless, and um, man, I uh, I had a blast with this game. If you're not familiar with the with Dauntless, it is a PC based game that is. It, I guess the best game I could compare it to is Monster Hunter, in a way, as far as like fighting style and, and third third person view and mechanics. But it just felt kind of like Monster Hunter meets Diablo three. And you mash them together as far as far as the the mechanics, um, and I don't mean Diablo three in the sense of like collecting items and stuff like that. I just mean like when I was attacking, it felt more fluid, it felt quicker, it felt it felt enjoyable, similar to to a game like Diablo um, versus Monster Hunter, which is more I don't want to say clunky but slower. Yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> overall. Um, I had a great time. It was that I, I got to play uh, four player co op and you know and hunt this creature, and it was just uh, the shriek. It was everything that I was. I hoped this game would be because every time I saw this game, I was like, "Man, it's pretty." The creatures look really cool. I uh, you know I just I just hope the game is enjoyable. And you know I rolled up and you had the option of keyboard, mouse, or or uh, Xbox controller, and I went right for it, like. As much as I'm not still, I'm still not like super comfortable with keyboard and mouse. I'm way more because of Fortnite and League and all and the other games. I've been starting to gravitate on the PC side. So I was like, I'm going to go keyboard and mouse, and I just fell right into it. It felt good. The controls made sense, and uh, yeah, I uh, I can't wait to play some more Dauntless. So. Uh, and then we're gonna slide over to the one person that was too cool to go to PAX East. Our producer, who was like, I got to stay home and watch wrestling. Also, we didn't invite him. But <laughs> what was your gaming moment of the week? <laughs> so as far as an actual, oh, I'm not muted. As far as an actual gaming moment this week, I did start playing Axiom Verge for the first time after catching it on sale, which that's been super cool. Um, but as far as my one unique moment, I'm going to paint a picture Deadite style, but I'll be quick. We were at... Deadite's house for Wrestlemania and we're thinking it's a wrestling event why should we do anything but play some wrestling video games so he grabbed his switch I grabbed my switch and we loaded up WWE 2K18 oh (laughs) cut his mic cut his mic right now how dare you encourage that poor soul to play this game more I I paid for half of it so so he loads up his lobby makes a private a private match Gets ready to wrestle. I see him on my friends list. I go to join. Cannot connect. Uh, switch force closed. All right, <laughs> let me try one more time. I load up online. I go to the lobby. I see Deadites online. I click to connect. Now, mind you, we are feet from each other on the same Wi-Fi connection. I go to join his party. 
disconnects, switch force, closes. So we're like, all right, let's try one more time. I set up the lobby, and Deadite's like, man, I, I don't even see that you're online. I'm like, no, I'm right here. I'm definitely online. He's like, man, man, you're 100% you're not online right now. So we just turned off the game and watched wrestling, and that would be my gaming <laughs> moment of the week. <laughs> It's better off that way. Oh, man. It really is. Oh, my goodness. Well, I didn't expect that story. That That's uh, that's um, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Yeah, wrestling. You can play with your friends. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, uh, we have a lot of show for you coming up here. We're going to get into uh, some news that uh, happened at PAX East, and then we're going to finish the news segment off with our personal stories from PAX East. So... Uh, Jazzy, let's get into some news. Before that, we would like to let you know that you can influence this podcast and get early access, game of the month, behind the scenes, and much more by supporting us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash gamezilla media for details. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching MotorCityGaming.com. Downloading headlines. Now let's have it. What about this monster story of yours? Download complete. All right, news segment this week is going to be real on the fly. Like, you know what? I don't even, like, need this open. I honestly can just do this because I'm winging this shit. We went to PAX East. We were in Boston. This isn't our first time at PAX. We had a lot of shit. Well, sorry. Most of us here, it wasn't our first time at PAX. And uh, a lot of stuff happened. It was a big year at PAX East. Uh, The show was bigger. The crowd was bigger. And the companies came through with some good announcements. But I'm going to start with one that happened right before PAX East. Like, we we were on the plane flying, pretty much, when we found out Spider Man's getting released September 7th. For the PS4, Insomniac Games, PS4 exclusive, the game that a lot of us are waiting for, and it's basically, I mean, you might as well call this my birthday gift, okay? Like, September 9th is my birthday, September 7th is the release date, and, you know, Destiny 2 shit all over my birthday last year, so I need, it needs, we need redemption, okay? And that's why they, that's, that's the only reason they made it this date, I can, I can tell you right now. Yep. But you can't play it till your birthday. Uh, that's not going to happen. But anyways, uh, September 7th was, was announced along with some cool uh, Spider-Man skins that you can you can make Spider-Man uh, like a punk Spider-Man uh, and then a couple other skins. The reason why I'm bringing this up is all of these skins are accessible for free, as in you will earn them. Don't Now, don't get shocked here, okay? Just take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. You can earn them by just playing the video game. Wait. You don't have to buy them. You don't have to worry about DLC. You just play the game and you unlock them as like a secret. Yeah, unlock them when you pay money for loot boxes. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no loot boxes, no money involved. So wait, they're not in a paywalled loot box. Correct. You just Free. play the game and you earn them from in-game play. Insomniac Games. <laughs> right, yeah, that's who made the game. Okay, well, I'll just write that down. <laughs> Anyways, it's really, it's cool. Um, the, the the cool part about the skins that they showed off at PAX a little bit was that um, it actually alters some of his moves. So, like, as punk, p- punk Rock Spider-Man, he'll actually, like, pull out, like, a guitar and, like, create this, like, riff that creates out, like, a static, like, web shock or whatever. And it's extremely stupid. 
as 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 we've seen, but it's also awesome. Like at the same time, like that skin is built to be ridiculous. Uh, I mean, he's got like a mohawk of spikes coming off of his <laughs> off of his Spider-Man suit. But the idea is that it's just it's over the top ridiculous. If you want to have some fun with it, stupid but fun. And um, yeah, I just uh, I I'm super excited for this game. We also got word that there is going to be the uh, collector's edition, which comes with. The uh, a bunch of DLC they already announced, which uh, mm-hmm. is going to have a whole other storyline added to the storyline that's already existing in the game, from with more with new villains and everything also included. So it's going to expand the whole Spider-Man universe within the game. Once you're done with the main story, you're not done with the game. You can go fight other villains. So that's cool. Uh, along with uh, statue of this of this new Sp- you know Spider-Man yeah. in this new suit. Uh, the thing that they don't show you is that what Spider-Man is standing on it is clearly some form of building, but they will not review this, uh, reveal what building he's standing on because it actually plays into the story. They said they don't want to release any spoilers, and something Ooh. with whatever the whatever Spider-Man's standing on, um, you know, mm. is, is there's something going on there. So. Very cool news. I don't think it's anything we need to discuss, but it did happen right right as our we were on our way to PAX and needs to be talked about. I mean, it's a big it's it's going to be a game of the year contender, I believe. Also, Insomniac PS4 bundle with a Spider-Man rubberized skin, so you could just stick your PS4 <laughs> on the wall. Just give me a PS4 Pro, yeah, red and blue system with a Spider-Man <laughs> logo on it. I will buy it. Okay, that's what I want. You, they gave rubberized, us, they so gave you us, could stick it on the wall. They, forget what he's saying. They gave us this, the game. They're giving us a pretty cool collector's edition, which is 150 bucks, and uh, there's a deluxe edition, which is like 99 bucks. And then um, the steel case is really cool, all red with the white Spider-Man logo, uh, but. I want the custom pro. Like God of War got one. Hell, yeah. Star Wars Battlefront Two got one for God's sakes, and that game was dead on arrival. Actually, so I better want a Spider-Man Pro. This is more realistic because I wanted to stick to the wall, but it's not gonna happen. So you create these little hooks on the front four tops corners of the PS4 Pro, and then you make it so you can have this customized like hook web that I can hook on the hooks. So that it hangs from the ceiling and looks like the PS4 is just stuck from a web. Okay. It'll help with the heat. (laughs) Think about it. We're going to stop with you. This is great. Listen. Like cats brushing their teeth, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We go all the way back to last pack season (laughs) with with your ridiculous ideas. That's a good idea. Do me a favor since you're controlling the board. Our producer over there types louder than any human being I've ever heard in my life. There you go. Unless he needs to talk, his mic should be muted. Back to the show. Anyways, that type that, quieter. That's our Star Wars, or that's our Star Wars. Star Wars. You got, I can't even do that. I can't deal with you right now. I can't deal with you. That's EA. They they have paywalls. Listen, Spider Man <laughs> news is done. We're moving on. Okay? okay. Now we're gonna get into what happened at PAX. There's there was a lot of announcements, but the ones that we're gonna pull are from the panels at Square Enix. Okay. Square Enix held a bunch of panels and, and, and even some really cool concerts that people got to uh, you know enjoy with full full on orchestras and everything going on. But they announced a ton of information about Final Fantasy 15 VR and Tomb Raider. <laughs> 
Oh. Okay, and no, nothing to do with VR. <laughs> Dang it. Dear God, it has nothing to yeah, do with I thought they had said they were going to cancel and buy back your copies no. of the fishing VR. Yeah, well, yeah that would have that been, been big news. If they announced that, I would have threw all this other news out. Okay? <laughs> okay, okay. But they didn't announce that. Okay, so um, basically, we're getting, we, we knew this was coming, but we're getting multiplayer um, Final Fantasy 15 adding multiplayer. The cool thing that they that they announced at the show though is that multiplayer is going to have horde mode and almost a battle royale setting uh, for their game, and it's going to come in a standalone package. So if you don't own Final Fantasy 15 and the only thing you care about is this Final Fantasy 15 multiplayer aspect, you can just get it. Similar to Fortnite, right? You had the Fortnite full yeah. game, and then Battle Royale came out separately and was free. That's kind of what, what Final Fantasy business model is looking like. Make it free to play, and it'll be amazing. Yeah, and that was cool, but um, basically, the uh, the other news that I found interesting was they announced a whole nother season of DLC. And you're like, well, they already covered all of the, sub- yeah, all the, all characters. the characters. Like, what do you, Who are they going to cover? So you're basically getting... Uh, the villain of 15. Okay. You're going to go back in the past and live through his suffering, like live through all the problems that pretty much turned him into what he became in Final Fantasy 15. Okay. Okay. You're going to then uh, play as the love of your life, as uh, Noctis's love of, of love of love his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was her name? Uh, Lady or oh my god, I forgot her name now. I forget too. It's yeah. Been so long. Anyways, I'll look it up. The princess. Uh, her her main like that's something you never got to play as her. You got to watch some scenes and you were like, wow, she's a badass. Wow, she's really cool. Now you're gonna get to understand the you're gonna understand her. You're gonna understand the weight of the position that she's in. You know, she's she's in this position that she knew one day things were going to have to happen, you know, and, and sacrifices were going to have to be made because of who she is. So you get Luna to, Freya. Luna Freya, there you go, thank you. They're, you're going to play through her storyline, and then finally you're going to play through Noctis in a patch that, or in a quadrant of time that, like, you missed in the main game, where when he leaves from the, uh, like, celestial uh, world and has to go to his final battle, where he kind of knows, like, he's going to have to give himself up type deal. Right. There's a whole, like, Like, story. you play through in the celestial realm? Yes, there's a whole story between those two. So, very cool stuff. Yes. Um, All announced at PAX East. But then Square Enix decided to throw a curveball, right? They're like, everyone's happy, like, man, Final Fantasy XV is never going to stop getting content. Yeah, plus... If you like that, if you love that game... You're set. Like you, you've been yeah. set for for multiple years now to keep playing a game with new. All content. we need now is Cindy's beach car wash bikini, VR, VR. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But instead, they gave us something different. They gave us a merger of worlds, a collaboration, something that no one saw coming, and it's called Final Fantasy Tomb Raider. Oh. <laughs> Final Fantasy 15, A Shadow of Tomb Raider. Is that real? Is oh, real. Yeah, they real. announced it at PAX East. Now, mind you, they, they showed that that image with the two IPs merged together, and then they walked off stage. 
So no one knows what it means. That sounds like the worst idea. I've no ever one heard knows in my what life. it means. It could be as simple as like play as Laura Croft in Final Fantasy Fifteen. Who that? Like no one knows. But something is happening where the two worlds are are going to be together for something. No one. We don't know yet. But. Wow! Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Square Enix, you know, they like to do some strange stuff. So we'll see what it means soon. Hopefully, I would imagine. You know, uh, we obviously have E three next, not that far away. So I think this was like a teaser that's going to lead right into E three, where they're going to drop some sort. They're going to drop some sort of bomb yeah. and uh, announce some cool. Because the game, the game that they reference is the new Tomb Raider coming out. It's, so it's not even out yet. Right. So some they have something in there, you know, something so they're holding on Final to. Raiders 15.1. You're not sure <laughs> if they're going to merge them. You're not sure if they're going to merge them. They just showed them together. So it yeah. could be that they're using something from Final Fantasy, like the way that the game works, in Tomb Raider. 100%. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. So mixing them seems terrible yeah. to me. I mean, I don't know. The way they put the words together, it seemed like, like here's the thing, right, is that Tomb Raider has always been this kind of like, Yes, you're hunting for treasure and stuff, but there's always been that mystical side to Tomb Raider, like some weird weird things happen. It's like, could you finally get to that point where, like, you somehow portal yourself into Final, like, the world of Final Fantasy or something like that? Like, could Laura Croft find a gateway or something like that? Who knows, right? I mean, the possibilities between these two are endless. It, they don't seem to fit in, in, the, in the world, but when you think of Indiana Jones, which is pretty much what Tomb Raider is... And you understand the weird things that Indy has gone through in the movies. Anything is possible because you're fuck because you're too, you're Laura Croft, right? Like fuck it. At this point, what are you gonna what what you got to lose? Besides a great I, two uh, two great IPs, two great, yeah, yeah, four, just, two you know, great two, IPs. two flagship IPs, no big deal. And then one last news. But story. But there's no paywalls, right? So yeah. they're good. One last news story that I think I think all of our listeners are going to really enjoy is that uh, a trailer leaked. It leaked early, but uh, an announcement happened at PAX East for a reboot, a re, uh, an HD cleanup of a trilogy that we all love. Killzone. Nah. Dang it. That would be nice, though. Super Mario Brothers? Nah. Spyro. Oh. Spyro is Ooh, coming back. Dragon. I think Jay speaks for himself. Man, listen. Do you like Crash Bandicoot? Nah. Okay, so you're just not a PlayStation guy. It's cool. It's all right. A lot of us make. I like my make, characters to be human. A lot of us make uh, poor decisions in life. It's fine, <laughs> but <laughs> Spyro is coming back HD, they, and I, it was cool because they announced the trailer. Um, obviously, IGN was at PAX East, and so they went around the uh, floor with a tablet, showing people the trailer right when it went live and getting reactions. And people were like, you know, losing their minds because people our age played like our childhood was Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, Mario, like. It was a big piece of it. So to see these original games remade looks really cool. Then they went a step further, and they released a patch within Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. And now there's a way, there's a secret Easter egg inside Crash Bandicoot that if you trigger it, you can watch the Spyro trailer inside the video game. That all <laughs> oh, happened that's, that's during. Cool. Okay, that's yeah, cool. That hmm. all happened during. Uh, during PAX East, so that was pretty cool. Um, I've enjoyed, like, I never played a lot of Crash Bandicoot when I was younger, um, but since the remake came out, I've really enjoyed it, and now I'm excited about Spyro because I played the original, but I never really picked up the second or third. So to get all three in an HD remake bundle um, this September 
is uh, is cool. Uh, it'll be another one that I add to my collection. So, but those are some cool announcements that happened at PAX East. You know, uh, usually every PAX East you're going to get some um, reveals, but I thought this year was pretty. Um, they were bigger than I than than I expected. We also got um, some information of World of Warcraft with the yep. expansion, some um, August release date. For the expansion, yep. and what's the title of the expansion? Because they're going return back. Return to Azeroth. Yeah, Azeroth. That's right. So they're returning to the roots, as you said. Yep. So um, all I can say is the Blizzard booth was booming, and that trailer that they released on their giant screens above their above their booth. Oh yeah. I don't know anything about World of Warcraft. I stopped and watched it three times. Yeah. I was like, I can't even really I don't talk even about know it. what's going on. Yeah. But god damn it, it's cool looking yeah. and beautiful. I know someone who has an <laughs> alpha key, and they've already told me a lot of cool shit. So I'm like. But I can't Keep really talk about it right now. Yeah. Give yourself the the like like the something bad. Give yourself like a sad horn. You just tooting your own <laughs> there's, horn. There's like, no sad horn. It doesn't work. I can't say that. Uh, I can't say anything about it. But uh, you know, I know Michael Jordan. <laughs> oh boy, I don't know Michael Jordan. By the way, the Blizzard booth was actually really annoying to me. Well, because of that exact same thing that you just said. Because you couldn't Everyone's like, ooh, a big screen. Let me stop right in the hallway. <laughs> I'm watching it. <laughs> Listen, and then I'm like, bit, Steve. Not get, everything can be retro and b- cool, okay? No I, no, I totally looked at it. And I did the thing that you did. <laughs> yeah, I totally you did it. it. But that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean that it was okay. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that got announced at the show and was there for pre-order, uh, for those of you that are Overwatch fans, um, a lot of you may know I brought my Tracer statue back from Paxi's last year. I have the Reaper statue, the Widow statue. I, I, you know, and there's other ones out there. That, yeah, the that, Diva. Yeah, the Diva statue, which I can't Ooh. afford. Way too expensive. But looks cool as hell. They revealed yeah, and started taking pre-orders of the Mercy statue oh. this year. That was it. Looks so good, gorgeous. So and good. I, Best it, one it took everything in my like just life to not get in line and pre-order it. I was like, no, no, I missed the Diva. I've already broken. The, I've already broken it. I'm not gonna get this one. But it was. If you are a support fan, if you're if you're a Mercy fan, this statue is amazing. Like they just they keep upping their like. Not that I don't like my Tracer and my Reaper and even my Widow. Like I love those statues. But damn, like they just keep like every time one comes out, I'm like, it's just better. Yep, yep. Like the Diva one is amazing. Like we saw that one in person at East. It was amazing. It looks real cool. Yeah. But the Mercy one is just. It's honestly even more beautiful. So if you're yeah. looking for a statue and you're a fan of that character, pre-order it. I, I, I can't uh, I can't tell you more. So, um, okay, that's those are those are my announcements. We we're gonna move into our section, Gamezilla at Paxi's 2018. Pax attacks. Do, do we have anything for Pax attacks? Okay, yeah, we have nothing for Pax attacks. Oh my bad. People on twitch.tv slash Media, you're going to be enjoying some footage, some slideshows, things that we personally took from PAX. This is all footage Mm -hmm. from us. So if you are listening to this, head on over to the video on demand on twitch.tv slash Media, and you can uh, can see what we're talking about here. There's Steve annoyed at the Blizzard booth. As soon as you played this video, my body was like, no, no, stop. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for those of you that aren't, for those, we've talked about this in the past, like last year when we went to East, you get into the show and they funnel you down these escalators, like it's really the the way you get in the show, and you, so you're just overlooking the, the front end of the show. You can't see the end of it. And it's just no. it's just a mass of people that are barely moving, and you're like, oh my god, 
what have we gotten ourselves into? It's just almost, it's like so over, overwhelming when you first kind of get that first glimpse. Now, mind you, um, we're not Steve. We, we kind of had a game plan going in. So when we hit that bottom of that escalator, we just hooked it right, booked it all the way to the corner, and got ourselves right into like the indie scene where it opened up a lot for us. And we were able to say, okay, cool, breathe. And now let's start you know, working. No, but that, that yeah. did not happen for Yeah, me, if you so. go left and you go towards PlayStation and Xbox uh, all that, yeah. it just gets worse and yeah. worse. It takes, so just so you guys know, if this was empty, it would take you about five to eight minutes to walk across the whole con. <laughs> yes. So yep. that's how big this place is. Yeah. With the people in there, it takes you 20, 25 minutes. The The facility is amazing though, isn't yeah, it? It's huge. I mean, yeah. it's it's absurdly huge. But the amount of people that were there was just obnoxious. I mean, I, I've been to big cons before, but not that big. Yeah. That is the biggest con that I've ever seen. There were so many people. And here's the problem. The hallways are designed in a certain way for you to walk. But see, look look at this video, for example. You've got, I don't know, 50 people looking at the Blizzard booth just standing there. Look no, at it's them. not 50 people. There's more like 150 okay, people. Okay, but yeah, but look, see, these, see these giant groups of people just standing there? Yeah. That makes it incredibly difficult to walk where you want to go. Yeah. Oh, so. no, absolutely. It, it's a challenge. Um, but once you've gone to several conventions, you kind of, like, this doesn't bother me anymore. These, this is, like, what I expect um, now, to be fair, a lot of these videos that we're that we're viewing on Twitch right now are weren't sad. It wasn't Saturday. This is Thursday, right? Yeah, it was yeah. like so. I was actually shocked because of how many like that looked like a Saturday to me. Now, mind you, I didn't take <laughs> video Saturday because <laughs> of my uh, accident. But if you would have saw Saturday, it was worse. It was way worse than this. Yeah, I imagine about forty to fifty percent more people. Though. Yeah, it was insane. I mean, there was you could not see the floor. I mean, people were shoulder to shoulder, which is totally fine. Uh, it's just something to note when you go to PAX. It's very overwhelming. If you get nervous around large groups of people, you probably shouldn't go to this con. But if you don't, you need to be prepared for it. Yeah. So basically. You, yeah, you definitely have to prep for this. You definitely have to come in and, and, you know, we try, like, I think the thing about it is that we tried to warn Steve. We tried to, we tried to like, ease him into it, but there's no, there's no easing yourself into it. You no. just, yeah. just like, got to throw him in with no floaties. Yeah. Yeah, that's what and, happened. And he did, and, you know, he, the first day was like, okay, awake, like, I'm awake now, and then he eased into it, you know? And, yeah. and, and you know how we know he did it right, though? Hey, there's me. Is the second day... We met up with Steve for the second time, and he's like, I just want to find a chair. I can't move. And we're like, yep, you did Friday right. You did Thursday and Friday right then. You did Thursday and Friday right. That's true. Yeah. Chairs are... Whew. Yeah. Chairs are important. Plus, they're primo, they're primo property in that facility, oh, yeah. finding like, a chair. There's like six chairs in the whole building. So you need and to find... one. seven. Okay. It's less than 10. Yeah. It's less than 10. I found one chair. There was like these two... Like recliner chairs. I don't know what they were there for, but they were up on this like uh, like ramp. It was really weird. And I would just wait around there. And like when someone would get up, I just dart to the chair. I'm like, yeah, I got this chair. Now. Yeah, exactly. But, lock uh, it down. Yeah, All right. Cool. So we're gonna get into our section here of East. We're gonna talk about. I'm gonna go through uh, each person here. I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts on the convention. Okay. You know, things you like, things you don't like. I want to hear your favorite um, booth that you visited. Mm. And then I know a lot of us did some events, so I want to hear, you know, just talk about the event. Talk about what, how, what you thought of how it was run, what you thought of the event, how you did, things like that. However you want to take it, that's, it's, your, it's your time. But we'll start with uh, Jazzy. Okay, I wanna, and I wanna, let's, let's just start with, you know, what would you think of your second time to PAX East? 
<sighs> um, second time was very similar to the first. I will say that the crowd the second time was definitely, um, I'd say con and crowd approximately 30% bigger than the first time that I went. So definitely a lot more going on. Um, to play into what Ape and Steve was saying, like a lot more people to stand around and <laughs> in your way and stuff like that. So it was a lot more difficult to move around um, the con this year for sure. However, I felt like once you kind of like dug your way through the crowd and got into the booths, you were fine. Like it didn't seem like the booths were super crowded. Like people were kind of like in and out versus last year. I felt like people hung out in a booth all day. Like, so I don't know what the difference was between this year and last year, but the fact that you could get into the booths and talk, I felt like the flow inside of the booths was a lot better and outside of the booths was awful. Well, like, I, yeah, I feel like some, some companies made decisions like PlayStation, for example, we could walk into their booth without having to wait in an outside line. Right. Like that was different where like a lot of these booths were like completely closed off and there's an entrance and you had to, and the line wrapped around, you know, the entrance two times and then you had to go around or four just, times just to get inside <laughs> yeah. the booth. You had to wait an hour and a half. This time around, it was like, I was like, oh, look at that. Your trait become human. And I just wandered in, right? There may have been a line and I may have just bypassed it, but no one stopped me. So like, and, and everybody else was doing it. But I just I just noticed uh, a lot of difference as far as free flowing traffic within the booths that I appreciate. I liked more than last year. Yeah, I think the layout of the con was way better this year. Where they placed some of the big name developers and big booths versus where they had like the indie booths and stuff like that. I think they laid it out much better so that you were getting uh, an equal flow of traffic versus I felt like last year they pushed everything to the front of the con and then yeah. like all your little stuff was in the back and it was kind of like, oh, now you got all these people in this convention center all in one half of the building. Whereas yeah. this year I felt like they, they peppered it throughout and had it spread out very well to where it wasn't just a whole bunch of people in one area of the con. So I think they did a really good job at that. And a kudos to the fact that I feel like they've tripled their pack staff. <laughs> so yeah. the enforcers that they had around and the way that they had this designed, um, the staff in the booths, I feel like a lot of the development staff and stuff like that had more people there. Whereas, like, last year you'd go into, like, a pretty pretty known booth and it'd be, like, two people. And it's like, um, you're Nickelodeon. You should have, like, six people here talking to all these people. Nickelodeon? Yeah. I loved that booth. They were, they were last year. You can't do that on a podcast. Nickelodeon or Adult Swim? Oh, Adult Swim, Adult Swim. I'm sorry. I don't know why I got those confused. <laughs> I was like, adult I, don't, I don't think Nickelodeon was there. Yeah. Last they, time they I probably checked. Were. They probably were. Um, but Adult Swim, they had like two people at the booth. And I was like, why do you only have two people at this booth? Like, you should have way more than that. And then this year you go into the booth and I felt like everybody was like way better staffed. Yeah, there's a lot more staff on hand from what, from what I could tell. So, I mean, at least in the bigger booths. Um, okay, so then what was your favorite booth that you visited? <sighs> favorite booth, and this is gonna be a surprise, was Dauntless. I've we've been trying to get in to play this game for like the past four cons. The lines have always been giant. We decide to actually wait out the line this time, and well, the line was sh the line was a lot, lot shorter, shorter, and <laughs> yep. so we're like, let's try to let's try to wait yep. it out. 
Yeah. So we were able to get in. We were able to play the game. Not only is the game awesome, but their booth's awesome. Then we got to talk to the social media director for Dauntless, and that guy was probably just the most well-spoken person in, in the whole building, and I love talking to him. And if he didn't have a whole line of people behind us that he also had to talk to, we probably would have talked to that guy all day. So yeah, it turns out he's a big podcast fan, so that yeah. that helped <laughs> that helped, <laughs> helped our cause a, a lot. Bit. But yeah, no, he, he was uh, super super friendly, and so was everybody at the at the Dauntless booth. So but yeah, yeah, they uh, ran their booth very well. Okay, and then um, I guess as far as an event, what did you have something that you that you wanted to talk about? Um, not so much the event. Um, I will say. Let me okay. So let me put it this way: the event that I'm going to talk about is also probably one of my biggest disappointments in the con, and that was Riot. Mm, yep. That's so what I was hoping you were so going to do Riot. So Riot came in. They announced like a month before we left to go to Pax no, East. No, no, no. Oh, like a week and a half. It was oh, a week and yeah. a half. So and we were like, oh my god, Riot's going to be there. <laughs> yep. And then you get into the con, and it's like, oh, the Riot shop. The League of Legends shop. And you're like, cool, I'm going to go there because I'm going to be able to get all the cool uh, League of Legends swag and all of this stuff. And then they also told us that they were going to do this um, special thing called Own Your Role, mm -hmm. which basically is you can get a team of five people, your top lane, jungle, mid lane, ADC, and support. Get a group of people together. They'll make you a shirt that says whatever your your position is, main. So I was mid lane main. And then you you get your picture taken, and um, there it is right there. You get a free shirt. I took mid lane from Jazzy. I was like, I'm bigger than you. I'm just taking this. Yeah, yeah that's and I true. stayed in top lane because yeah. it's the most important lane. <laughs> so <sighs> I was super excited that I was going to be there. Um, there were some people that I wanted to get to meet, which was cool. So I did get to talk to Rivington. We did get to see Arcadian and Moon there. Um, we did uh, hear mention of Scara. Didn't get to see him, but he he was there as well. Um, but I like the fact that all of those people from Riot were like involved in the Riot booth itself. So yeah. it's not like, oh, hey, we're famous. We don't have to do it. No, they were pressing shirts. They were talking to the fans. They were signing autographs. Like, just super cool that all of these well-known names in Riot were actually out mingling with the fans. And I believe <laughs> that the way they ran their booth was really good. Like, they partnered you up with people if you didn't have a full team of five. They kept the lines going pretty smoothly. They had a pretty well-designed. The problem I had is that they said the League of Legends shop. It was literally in which called the League of Legends <laughs> shop. In which as in there was store, no shop. As in you can buy shit here. You're right. And it wasn't it was the own your role booth where you can get your shirt stamped, and that was it. And then next door was a creator and cosplay room for League of Legends that you could only get in. If you were a cosplayer or a creator of cosplay, you couldn't go in there to like check out the cosplay or take pictures of cool cosplay. No, you had to prove that you were in the cosplay world to get in the room. So I'm thinking like, so you dropped this announcement that you're coming back to PAX East. And the first time you were at PAX East, you made a giant impact. You were giving out cool stuff. You had this giant shop. You brought pros. You like had this cool layout. And then you're like, we're coming back to PAX. And then, yeah, you did something cool. The fact that you get, gave everybody free shirts and lanyards. But that was it. Like, you, you didn't come back to PAX. You were like, oh, hey, the League of Legends 
LCS finals are going on this same weekend. Let's take everybody that we don't think super important to the fact of like this major event that's going on and throw them at PAX East Boston. And I was like, uh, okay, yeah, that was kind of disappointing. It was like I had fun. It was it was it was a cool event, and you know we got we got to meet some some league people, and it, overall it was it was nice. But the problem was that I think the expectations that they set by just bad marketing. Mm-hmm. Caused us to go into it and be like, "Where the hell's the riots?" Like we're in, we're on the expo floor, and we're like, "Where's the riot sign?" Like, "Where's riot at?" Mm-hmm. And then we're like, "Oh, they're upstairs. Cool. They must have took a whole section." And then we kind of walk over there and we start seeing the riot stuff. We're like, "Yeah, here it is. Here it is." And then we're like, "Oh, here it is. Like this yeah. is it." Yep. And they did have a cosplay thing, like and stuff, but like overall i was just kind of like oh this isn't um this yeah. isn't at all what i expected it was it was very like the hype they gave made it seem like they were going to be taking pax east by storm and then when you showed up it was kind of like oh yeah they're here but i can't even get into half their shit so yeah i agree all right well that's th- so jazzy on a on a scale of 1 to 10 uh, pax east how, how was it for you this time around i'm going to give it a 6.4 Oh wow! Yeah, wow, that's low. Is it because I rolled my low. ankle? Did I ruin uh, it? I mean, that had a lot to do. No, <laughs> I just think that um, mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff that I was looking forward to going into this con, and it I just didn't get it. I just didn't get the like. I went in. Maybe it was my expectations. Like I went in s- super hype about a lot of this stuff, and then I just wasn't blown away by it when I got there. So. I mean, there was a lot of cool stuff that I did get to see, but, like, honestly, for me, didn't, like, some of the announcements that we already went over, like, cool. I don't think there was anything too major. Not a ton of new, like, gameplay that you got to see. And then even games that, like, I felt should have been at PAX East, like PlayStation, yes, we got the Detroit Become Human, but we didn't get any God of War. Like, your game's coming out at the end of this month. Why don't you have God of War here? Like, it just didn't make sense. I mean, because it's coming out at the end of the month. Right. So, uh, just some things that I was, like, expecting to be there, and it just didn't happen. And then, honestly, with this picture that popped up, I'm going (laughs) going to say it. One of the things that I think is the coolest thing about PAX, and every PAX we've gone to has been pretty on point with this, the cosplay just wasn't there this year. It just wasn't that great. It was the worst cosplay I've seen at any PAX I've been to. I will agree with you on that one. Um, just seemed like a hit, like like it just wasn't uh, wasn't a big focus. Like I'm not saying there wasn't people there that did well with cosplay. I'm just like when you compare it to other shows, it like last year alone, just last year at PAX East was a, was like on a whole nother level of cosplay. I mean, you had ten foot tall. Eight foot wide Reinhardts on stilts walking down aisleways, like the the aisle would part, like it was like the sea parting, like people would just move and just like have that whole like oh my god, like awe, just in shock of like what's walking by them. You didn't have that this year; it just wasn't there. There's a couple really good, and then everything else was just kind of like okay. It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to be mean yeah. to anybody that did it because they all, everyone that does cosplay, you, you like, there's different levels, right? And, and like everybody that does it, I give them props because it's a lot of work. It, it takes, you know, you got to have confidence in yourself. You're putting yourself out there in a situation. Like, I, I appreciate it all, but it just wasn't on the same level. Yeah. 
I'm going to slide right into my my question, my own questions here because I want to, I want to spotlight Steve. I get it. No, I want He's to, awesome. Well, yeah, but I want to argue or di- not argue. I want to disagree with Jazzy. I would give this Pax East a nine out of ten. Okay, and I would have gave last year's probably a seven point five eight out of ten. The reason why this Pax East to me was was so good is that. I don't believe I can go to a PAX anymore and be shocked and awed. There's nothing I can mm-hmm. go to a PAX. I can't go to a PAX anymore and be like, and, and just be moved like like Ape and Steve was, um, you know, this time around. But I can go to a PAX and have experiences on a level that I've never had before, and sit back and say, "Wow, that was special." And and we've never had that level of communication before. So we go to PAX for one reason. To network, you know, we're a podcast that that a lot of people listen to, and we're trying to grow. We're trying to get bigger. We're trying to get more involved with the industry, and the only way to do that is to sit here and actually, you know, work with these teams, work with with developers, producers, companies, uh, you know, other podcasters, cosplayers, whatever it is that revolves around gaming. We we want to talk to them and get involved. So when we went there. And got started with our with our you know routine. We were really right out the gate. I noticed that the interaction with developers from the indie side all the way up to AAA games was it was easier and more just one on one than East ever has been for us. And that almost as much as I love South, this felt better than South. And I've always prop gave props to South because it's a smaller show that the one-on-one interaction was so easy. So I was like, I was super excited. For example, I'm going to throw out a couple there. I met the, you know, the import, the the head of importing games from Inti Creates. So Blaster Master Zero, right? A game that I've talked so highly about for so long on the Switch. I met the guy as to why it exists in the U.S., and the conversation I ended up having with him was so cool, and I just felt like such a fanboy. And I don't, you don't, I don't personally get the whole fanboy feeling as much anymore. I go in as a business person, as a businessman, and I and I try to make, try to network and make relationships. But when something hits me in a way where I'm just kind of like, like this is awesome! I can't believe this is happening. He fanboys so much, a bit Steve. They were selling seven shirts. <laughs> One of which he already owned. Okay. So he only could possibly get six of them. That's bought five of them. That's a lot of shirts. I bought, f- yeah, five shirts, a pin, an original <laughs> soundtrack, two stickers. <laughs> but that, now you yeah. don't have the seventh shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I didn't like the feel of the shirt. That was the only problem with that shirt. But yeah, I got new Blaster Master gear. I'll be wearing it on the show here soon. But um, <laughs> yeah. I, I went nuts on that, but uh, anyways, like things like that were really special. The Guacamelee too, talking with the producer, talk, talking with the producer was super awesome, and the um, you know that that was that's a game that I, re- I loved the first one. So the second one is so important to me. I'm getting so excited for it that the fact it was there, and then I got to talk to. Like I actually had to talk to someone that's like directly connected to the game was so cool. Um, you know, Steam Dig, uh, Steam World Dig Two was a game where again we got to communicate with a direct um, connection to the game, and it was so like 
we wanted to talk about the art. We wanted to talk about like the art style mm-hmm. and everything. And it was cool that we could like have that conversation. And we got all those things. We got that. We got to talk with um, the Shaq Fu guy. Uh, Bandai Namco. Bandai Namco, yeah. Shaq Fu, you know, like um, Shaq Fu too, baby. And it was funny, like he's like, Well, what is your what is your memory on Shaq Fu? Because I was like, I'm so excited for Shaq Fu too. He's like, Yeah, but like why? Because like what's your memory on Shaq Fu? And I was like, You want my honest opinion? He's like, Yeah, I'm like, it's a hot pile of garbage. <laughs> he's like, Yeah, exactly. So why are you excited about two? I'm like, because it looks so good. It looks so much different. It's not it's a platformer. It's not it's not a just a straight up fighting game. It's a it's a street brawler. It's streets of rage with Shaq Fu on it, you know? And we're watching the game and uh, like someone like does this combo and it's like icy hot, like this comedy <laughs> there's comedy mixed into the game and i'm like yeah shaq fu and he loves icy hot you know like it just it's, it's gonna be a fun game you can tell and so being able to have those conversations and these are all people that we that we networked with that we're going to be bringing you interviews on the gamezilla alpha podcast so again this is trend like this is why we do this is that like we did we think that we were going to come in and uh, you know land some of these some of these meeting you know interviews? No, we we went into going to the indie scene thinking we were gonna we do well in indie, but but this year, I felt like Triple A paid way more attention to us, and I know we went in branded better. I know we went in and we did a lot of things right, uh, and and we were more professional. You know, we're set up more professionally than we ever have, so that could have helped. But at the same time. It just the 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 connection seemed to be so strong, and that's why I give it a high rating. Uh, on top of, you know, you say God of War wasn't there. I got to play Detroit Become Human. There's a game that I was excited for, but also really concerned about, and I walked out of that booth, and I cannot wait until yeah. May when this game drops. I didn't even get to play it, and I can't wait. Oh my God! I got to watch it. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, and you couldn't even hear it because it was headphones only. Yeah. Because they didn't want to ruin yeah. anything for people. Like the like. I can't wait for Detroit to yeah. become human. Like I the first thing I said wait. when he came out of the booth is, "How did it sound?" Because <laughs> yeah. it, it looked gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> beautiful. So things like that. State of Decay Two was there. We got to learn a lot about State of Decay Two from from building mechanics to you know co-op, you know, co-op options to you know new enemies. State of the K2 looks like a game that's like that's the you know Sea of Thieves was that game we were really hoping was going to be like the just that that pe- that launch that launch game for Xbox exclusive that's gonna that's really gonna be strong. State of Decay 2 is going to be that game I can't wait to play on my Xbox One X. Like it yeah. is awesome. Uh, I get you know Sea of Thieves was there, people. Don't worry, they had a lounge. See. No, they had Sea of Thieves at, on the, in the Xbox booth. You could play it, and people were playing it. So, like in a lounge. I'm not hating on Sea of Thieves. Jazzy is. I still like the game. I still have faith in the game. The, the lounge was great. The latest patch. That was a Chips Ahoy lounge. They just had a Sea of Thieves guy in there. They're giving out free Chips Ahoy for God's sake. So I love. Get out of here. I love. They tasted awful. Get out of here. They tasted awful. I, I, yeah. But I love cookies. They were so, so stale. They, yeah. Well, I mean, they were all expired. That's how they get rid of them. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, put all the stale stuff in that booth. See you at the. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I got hands on with. Uh, so so there's. I, I, that's why I like this show. That's why. Okay. Nine mm-hmm. out of ten. The games that I played, like my favorite booth. It was it was multiple booths, right? Dauntless was very special to us, but you already talked about that. Inti Creates was a very special booth, you know, and and a lot of the smaller booths um, were were super cool. Um, but the the uh, Detroit Become Human was was something that I didn't like. When I went in, I assumed I was not going to play that game. <clears throat> I assumed just like everything else, the lines are going to be so long that if I wanted to waste half my day. 
to play 10 minutes of this game, that's that was going to be my option, which I'm not going to do because I have too many too many other you know networking moments to to have to get through. Yeah, you're a big deal to make it successful. Right. That's why I'm here. Well, there's also only two of us. Like we usually roll five deep and we split up in a convention and say, "All right, everybody, go get some business cards, go make some connections, and we'll meet back here." We only had two of us this trip, so it was kind of like Jazzy. We got a lot of we got a lot of work to yeah. do. Not only is it the biggest packs. But there's a few. Of, there's very little of us. And he passed out a tire. And, and like I said, Steve wasn't cards. there because he, day one he blew out his voice box. So how's he supposed to network with? This people? didn't happen until I was on the way on the plane on the way home. But yeah, <laughs> but no. Um, we he, gave you know, Steve some business cards and he passed them out like this. He did. Yeah, he <laughs> no. did. And it worked well. That is not what it happened. worked. Well. <laughs> Anyways, um, <clears throat> so. Guacamelee 2 was was one of my favorite booths awesome. for sure. W- another favorite booth that we did an interview with, with these guys not that long ago. Mega Cat Studios had a uh, coffee crisis there, and that is a you know if you if you haven't listened to the interview or you forgot about what the interview was, they are a Michigan based company that makes retro style video games, and they still make like Genesis cartridges, NES cartridges of these games mm-hmm. and Steam versions of them. And so we knew about Coffee Crisis, but we never got to play it until now uh and it's like a streets of rage brawler about these two like uh you know uh employees of a coffee shop that that aliens end up like attacking earth and they shut the coffee shop to go save earth and it's just straight up ridiculous and i love it but then awesome how it got better is that we were playing the steam version of this is that they and uh james was in the booth that day he was explaining to us about how they're integrating steam or sorry uh twitch related um like options in the game where viewers, if you stream your game, viewers are going to be able to make things happen in the game. And this is something that's starting to kind of roll out. It's something new that's that we're seeing. It's why Amazon was trying to make a video game that was going to be connected to Twitch so that you could control things. Well, Metcat Studios is doing it on retro style games where it's like viewers are going to be able to trigger things that help a player. You know, all of a sudden weapons drop because of a, because of a viewer or hinder a player. So all of a sudden more enemies drop or everything goes black and white and you have a hard time telling what's what. Let's be real. It's going to be all troll, all <laughs> hinder, all day. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think, again, it's a cool idea, a cool mechanic that I'm looking to see more and more games uh, add an option for. And yeah, we, we played a, a couple levels of it and it was it was a lot of fun. That was That was a booth that really was special to me. Now, everyone knows that I spend a lot of money at PAX. A lot of money. It's just something I do. I, I save my money for a couple times a year where I can go off at convention. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go as crazy as usual, but I did find a couple cool things, and this will lead me to my final booth I'm going to talk about, and that is uh, Controller Chaos. And uh, this place, which if you're watching if you're watching uh, twitch.tv slash GameZilla Media, you, you will be. see my controller, which is the Super Switch, the SNES-themed Nintendo Switch Pro Controller that was professionally painted with automotive-level paints and then six, le- uh, six layers of clear coat so that it doesn't chip, scratch, and it's super durable. Um, this thing is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's something I've wanted for a while, and I know other companies can do it. Um, and, and everything, but they were there, and their level of just beautiful 
work on these controllers, keyboards, systems. They had everything there. Again, if you're watching the stream or when we were running the slideshows, you pro you probably would have saw the Diva Overwatch Diva Xbox One. That like that was a controller system combo. Gorgeous. Okay, so um, you can you can view their website. And, uh, and and see a lot of their designs there. But they were there live. They had, they had a very limited stock of, of Nintendo stuff because it was selling so quick that they literally were, as I was talking to their marketing manager, they, they had sold the one that was in my hands and I handed it back by mistake. It was an NES-style one. And I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to buy that. And I turned around and it's gone. And I'm like, oh, no, this is the start <laughs> of my show already. I missed out. So as they, and then they pull one box out. They're like, oh, we actually have one extra. We're going to put it out. And they pull it out of the box, and it's the Super Nintendo version. And I was like, don't even put that in the glass. He's like, what? I'm like, just put it back in the box. That one's mine. So I bought, I bought it right then and there because I knew the second it hit the glass, it was going to be gone because they were selling the stuff so fast. Um, professionalism was great. Their artwork, their, their, their work was fantastic. But then the interaction I had with the people, that's, that's where I really was kind of like, it was an early booth for us, maybe like our fifth, sixth booth, and I was just blown away by these people that you know are making some fantastic products. Uh, they were doing a raffle. They they're doing a raffle giveaway for a PAX themed PS4 and controller that was amazing. And was. Uh, o overall, I just uh, we're we're excited again. That's another interview that we're going to be looking to bring to Gamezilla Alpha very soon. So stay tuned for that. But th those were like. Some of the booths that just impacted me very heavily that I just, you know, from a level of the product or the game was very special, all the way down to the people I interacted with, like, mattered, right? Like, how many times in the past have we gone to a booth and it was like, oh, I'm just, uh, I just got hired by this third-party company to wear this T-shirt that says PlayStation on it and uh, stand here and point which direction you're supposed to walk. And I, so, like, for me to sit there and say, oh, the CEO, the developer, the publisher, you know, the head of marketing, like, they were all there this year. And that's what that comes back to what Jazzy was saying about there were more enforcers. There were more people working their booths and the show that mattered to talk to when it comes to what we do. So, you know, as far as events go, I would just say that um, the, uh, the league event that we did was super cool. As, as much as, as much disappointment as we had with League, the own your role moment was cool because Riot pushed people to interact with strangers mm -hmm. and make new friends. And, I, and we made probably five, six new friends on League where we, we already are friends with them on the actual League of Legends uh, game so that we have new people to play with in the game that we would have never played with if it wasn't for that event. Mm -hmm. And one of those people... The reason why it was special is because we were just two of us at that the first day that we decided to partake in the event. Um, there was just you and I at that point, and, and Jazzy, as I, who I'm referencing, and um, we were in line, and we knew that we had to find three people that that we we have to have a full squad, but we were standing in line anyways, and. Someone came up, you know, a riot employee came up to us and said, "Hey, there's you know a gentleman that wants to support for a group." You know, and, and he's having a hard time finding someone to, to let them in their group. And I was like, well, that's, like, why? Like, why would there, like, it's, you're literally going in and getting a t-shirt, standing in the wall, taking a picture and walking away, right? Because we hadn't, like, and then they point to him, and it's this dude in, in a wheelchair. 
And you can tell he's had some serious injury slash surgery on one of his legs. And I look right at, like, without hesitation, I look right at the guy and I go, he can support me any day. Like, he's my support. Get him over here. Like, let's do this. And then two people behind us go, we'll fill. Just stepped in. Two strangers stepped in and said, we'll fill. What do you need? And that's what, that's what I love about the gaming world, right? Like, we talk about League being toxic sometimes and stuff, but the gaming world is full of people that just, they just exist and, and, and they coexist, right? And so we looked at him and we go, we, we, need, a, we need a jungle and, a, and an ADC. I'll top and he'll mid. And because of that, the Riot person looked at us and go, are you guys sure? We're like, yeah, absolutely. He goes, all right, cool, follow me. Bypass the hour-long line. Three hour long line. Yep. <laughs> grab, grab, you know, grab our new friend, takes us into the room, bypasses everything, and we get into our shirts, get our photos done, everything. You know, like Riot, like Riot recognized that we went, like, that we were being the type of player that they want, the type of player mm-hmm. that they look for. And, you know, just grabbed us right out of line, pushed us through the whole thing. But, and that, it was fantastic because then we talked to the guy. They know, everybody else was like, no, we don't need him. No, no, we don't need him. And the dude's a diamond. He's, he's a diamond-level player. We're fucking bronze, okay? Yeah. Like, so yeah. yeah, hey, what's your what's your summoner name? Because I want you on yeah. my team. Just the <laughs> You're going to help me get out of bronze. Yeah, the stories <laughs> that we got from this guy, too. Like, nobody else would give him the time of day and then come to find out that he's a diamond player. He loves playing the game. He had this injury to his leg, which held him from boot camp because yep, yeah, he's a trying, vet. Yep. Because so yeah. it's like he's protecting our country. Like it was just is that the such guy such a cool dude? No, that's uh, that's the uh, shoutcaster. Uh, ah, that's yeah. Riff. Ah, yeah. Steve is uh, new to this podcast. He uh, he's breaking a, a cardinal rule here of referencing the photos for our audio viewers. They have oh. no sense of it. So oh, sorry. There was a photo of of uh, who was it again? Rivington. Yeah, Rivington, the shoutcaster of League of Legends that we got to meet. Um, no, the the um, we only have your photo for some reason in here <laughs> because Jazzy didn't up, Jazzy didn't have the upload the photo. The other one of the of our other uh, line of uh, photos Sorry, for guys. the for the own. There's some cool League. photos. I don't know if they're going on the website or whatever, but yeah. I got to go with these I guys. Think share, the art, the other one's online. It's on Instagram. Yeah, it's on okay. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook right now because that went live the same day because we were super like yeah. that was a super like I uploaded those. it was a Video positive guy like it was just a positive moment like when we finished that we were just so energized that we went back down the ex- the expo floor and just like killed the rest of the day we came that was that was Friday we came home we came back to the hotel Friday and we were like man we did more this Friday than we've done entire cons in the past because we were just so amped up by things like what happened at the at the league thing. So yes, Riot disappointed us in the idea that like yeah, there wasn't a shop for me to spend money, but they did create a really cool experience with Own Your Role and allowed league fans to interact with each each other in a way that probably never would have happened organically. You know? So, I um I really liked it. That was that was probably my favorite like event moment. Other than rolling my ankle which wasn't, which would have been my least favorite moment. Uh, and a lot of you have um, probably witnessed the, the results of it on social media. But Saturday, I uh, totaled myself. Uh, we got all the way to the con. And before I could get in the front door, I kind of found half of a step, rolled my ankle, and just went full weight onto it. 
heard something pop, and by the time I could get on my feet, it was already swollen uh, super bad. But I just wanted to thank everybody, you know, on the Discord and uh, on social media and everything that all were kind of giving me advice, like how I could get through the weekend. And because everyone knows me, like I made like PAX East was a goal for me, guys. Like you, all, everyone knows I've been going. <laughs> I haven't had the best string of luck here, and the ankle thing doesn't add up either. But like I've been going through some health problems, and I I set pa- I was going to PAX East. So it was a goal for me. It was kind of that 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 whole, that gate of saying, "Hey, I'm getting back. I'm getting my life back, and I'm going to live my life." And I got to go, and I got to enjoy it. And when I rolled that ankle on Saturday, I thought it was over. I thought I, I thought half my, you know, I only made it halfway, and then I was da- done for. So all the people that helped me with the best, you know, ways to wrap my ankle with ice, you know, the the elevation icing and and all the all the you know tips and tricks on how I could get through the weekend and keep going. You got me through Pax East. Uh, you helped me Saturday, Sunday. You helped me get home Monday. So I just want to say thank you to everybody for all the support. And, um, you know, uh, I couldn't have probably finished the con without you. So um, with that, I want to move over to our, our our newcomer, the the person that's never been to a convention and then, of course, throws himself into probably the busiest PAX convention, the busiest convention uh, short of maybe E3. Yeah, second largest. Um, you know, and honestly, I would be wondering about foot traffic, like large largest, yes, maybe square footage, but I'm wondering if foot traffic, because of how E3 is kind of spread out, it, like a lot of stuff has left the vendor uh, floor and moved yeah. to their own theaters. I wonder if East is actually worse as far as like what you dealt well, with. Well, they pack it in tighter. That's yeah. probably for sure. I mean, I've never been to E3, but I've seen pictures of the of the grounds, and it's way bigger size wise. I think. Yeah. Well, plus have you have things buildings. like you know, like Xbox is across the street. Like they are not even technically affiliated with E3. They just rented out the building across the street from E3 because of some really shady stuff that we've learned about E3, and we actually learned about it at PAX East. Mm-hmm. About uh, some some price gouging, even though a lot of these companies were sworn into a lifelong price point, and oh, wow. now it's changing on them, and that's one reason why you're seeing some of these bigger companies go, okay, cool, we're just going to rent this building across the street from you. People will come see us because we're Microsoft. Yeah, <laughs> it's a smart move. I get it, but um, anyways, let's get back to East. You um, first timer. Yep. What'd you think of the con? I thought it was great. Uh, it's it's sort of a, it's a weird experience. So I've been to conventions before, <laughs> but I haven't been to a game convention this large. Most of the ones that I've been to for game conventions are smaller or they're secondly featured to like an anime con or a board game con. So this is the, the first f- video game featured convention that I've been to. And it was incredible. I mean, I think all the booths were just amazing to me. Uh, the amount of effort that the, they put into it. You guys talked about the Dauntless booth. That's the first booth I noticed, and I was like, man, this booth is legit. Like, they put a lot of time and effort into that booth. And, um, you know, the Tiny Build booth was awesome. The way that they had that set up, it was sort of like uh, open space. Like, it wasn't it wasn't like a square where you had to walk around the outside of it. You could just literally walk into it, and it was open all the way. And then they had the TVs on the outside of it. Yeah. So you could, like, funnel in and actually stand around and watch without blocking the... Plus, plus the cool thing, uh, the cool thing about the tiny build was that Hello Neighbor was running on the Switch there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hello Neighbor is one of those games that I know really set you streaming like <clears throat> through the roof when you started streaming it. So I'm hoping, just like most Nintendo Switch games, I can get to streaming it four or five months after they're relevant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You so. know what else had a booth there? 
Your dance game. Just saying. Floor, yeah. What's it called? Floor, floor, kids? floor kids. Floor, yeah. floor kids. kids had its own booth. Yeah. It was, it was actually kind of cool. It was banging, man. Yeah. That's because Floor Kids, to this date, is the best stream that I've ever had because that game is fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. So. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. Guys, I'm really, really sorry. Yeah, he really um, did wreck himself at East. Yeah. Like yeah. we might be joking about the screaming, but, but yeah, he he. Yeah. We're, but we're not joking about. I the worked screaming. my tail off, so I, yeah. I I'm trying to you know you're trying to you're trying to network. So I use my voice a lot. I don't know. Also, the screaming, the screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Plus the Pax virus. <clears throat> yes, Pax virus. <laughs> for for me, from my perspective as a Pit Steve, I would have preferred a bigger retro presence. So I'm retro, and I, I love all the new stuff, and I, I'm going to talk about some new stuff that I played that I'm really excited about. But honestly, aside from about three booths, there was about three retro booths, and, and well, there were four, but one of them didn't really count. It was so small and congested, you couldn't even go in it. That's all there was. I mean, there was no retro stuff that you could watch. There was no one streaming retro there at the Facebook booth. There was no one playing retro stuff there. There was no retro tournaments, uh, aside from some console tournaments. Now... People are going to say probably after this, oh, they had a console room and they had a console tournament. Sure. But it was all basically disc-based stuff. Um, I think the oldest one they had was a, they had a Tetris Attack tournament. So it was like, to me, it was a lot of like very obvious key specific games for consoles that are, that are retro. But it was like impossible to get into the tournament, right? So you had to, I mean, you're talking about 70,000, 80,000 people here. So they have 16 slots in the, in the Tetris tournament. How do you get into that? Unless you have a press badge and you're getting in early and going to the booth, you're not getting in that tournament. Like, it's just not happening. So uh, I skipped a lot of the stuff because none of it was NES, and I was just like, I don't really want to play any of this stuff. But um, I did, uh, my friend Jeff, uh, I stayed at his house. We were going to do the Double Dash tournament, but we played it the night before on stream. We sucked, and I was like, let's just not go. It's not worth it. It's not worth waiting in line and getting there early and going through this whole spiel. Because, guys, the doors open at 10, and you stand in this line, and it takes you an hour or sometimes more to get into the con after that. So by the time you've gotten in, you know, 20,000 people have already been in. So <laughs> yep. you can't you can't just go there right right away and try to rush there. It doesn't work like that. So you have to plan way in advance if you're going to do something like that. So for me, I would have loved to see more retro presence. Um, that's at every con. So that's just my thoughts. Now, a booth that I really 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 loved and a game that i really really enjoyed i got to play a game called the messenger yeah so i i had a feeling this was going to be the story yeah i got to play a game called the messenger uh, i was able to get uh in a little bit early and play it because the line was just obscene i got to play a little bit early while uh they were interviewing and let me tell you something this is probably the most excited i've ever been for a video game it's fantastic. I thought so. It, the game is like a Ninja Gaiden clone. That's the best way to say it. But it's much more updated and advanced. And you you switch between eight bit and sixteen bit during the gameplay, like very frequently. It's not like these there's these three levels are eight bit and then these three levels are sixteen bit. No, it's like a like a mechanic in the game that you can walk through a sixteen bit and you change your powers and everything. It's very awesome. So uh, I I sat down with the developer and I said, Hey, I'm a speedrunner. I want to try this out. And, you know, when you tell people you're a speedrunner, they're like, eh, you know, cool. But then I started playing it, and you could see his face, like, noticeably get more excited because I was just trashing the whole demo, and I was doing, like, damage boosts, and I'd never played this game before in my life. Right? Sure. So, so I got through it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I got through the demo so quickly. It took me, like, a couple minutes at most. Um, and he was like, hey, um, 
he was like, hey, we started talking world records and speed runs and stuff. And he's like, hey, I have a level that I removed from the game because it's too hard or we thought it was too hard. Can I send you this level exclusively so that you can stream and play it? So I'm going to be getting an exclusive level of the messenger that only I have, according to our conversation at the, at the booth. So that's going to be really cool to play because it's something that only I have. But I think I'm going to actually speed run this game. I think I'm going to actually play this a lot because it's so amazing. Uh, like the, con- yeah. the controls are fantastic. They're fluid. The music is amazing. The, the, the developer and, the, and everybody at that booth was just so awesome. Right. They were so awesome. They were like nerding out with me with the game. And they were so excited that we were so excited about the game. And it was just really, really cool. So that's my best story from there. I loved that booth. I love that game. As soon as it, we're, we're going to be getting some, I'm going to be getting some copies of it before it releases or well, when it releases. I'm not really sure of the timing, but I'm going to get a copy of it. And you're going to be seeing that on 8-Bit Steve streams because it's, it's awesome. I've always loved Ninja Gaiden. And to have an updated Ninja Gaiden that has like advanced stuff, like it's more robust than the original, it sounds awesome to me. So overall, I would give the con 7 out of 10, a little more than Jazzy. But it's mostly because of a few things that I'm going to go into right now. The first thing is that the the aisle situation has to be, I, I would hope that it gets corrected. I don't think they anticipated that many people. The, uh, they never do. <laughs> okay. uh, they anticipated. They it just awful. don't seem to care. It was, yeah. yeah, they don't care. The second thing is the food situation. 95% of all food at the con was just the worst thing I've ever ate in my life. Um, there was a place, and, and I'm calling you out. It's in the back. It was literally called Sauce Bowls. That was it. It didn't have any branding on it. The people who were working it were like wearing pack shirts. So they didn't have any. It wasn't like a, a chain restaurant or something. And you could buy like pretzels and stuff. It didn't really. It's, it was like pretzel, eight bucks. Uh, you know, sandwich, two bucks or, or $15 or whatever it was. So my friend Jeff gets this, this beef thing. And it just says, it just says, uh, uh, meat product or something like that. It's something very generic. <laughs> and he, he gets product. it. Yeah, he gets it and he's like, he's like, what is this? To the lady at the cashier. She's like, oh, it's some it's some kind of beef. And he's like, what does that mean? Like, what, what do you mean some kind of? There's beef and then there's not beef. So he had no idea what it was. So I, I, anyways, I get this pretzel. It cost me like $8 or $4. And it tasted like a cardboard... Like it just tastes like a piece of paper. Like it was so dry, it had no nothing to it. I, I took one bite of it and threw it in the garbage. So the only place that I could really eat at that was in the con was a hot dog vendor, which was amazing. They were a little expensive. It was seven dollars for a foot long hot dog, but the hot dogs were just fen- phenomenal. So I lived on those hot dogs because that was the only thing I could eat there that made sense. All the other booths that had food just sucked. Yeah, the only other option you had, and it was still a pain in the ass, was that they, they brought, this year was new for this, they brought in food trucks that, that stayed in like a courtyard outside, mm-hmm. uh, out the like east exit or whatever, and um, you could go there, and, and they had some they had some good food there, you mm-hmm. know, um, but... The problem was is that you had to leave the building, which means to get back in, you had to go through a line and go through the metal detector again. Yeah, that is not you an option. To, yeah, you had to go <laughs> yeah. through that same process. So that not part to mention it was sucked. like snowing. Yeah. So yeah, you're, you're walking like 30 minutes through the building to get to the front of where, where it is, yeah. then outside, then all the way around to where the food trucks are, eating there with no seats, no tables, no anything. True. Then go all the way back in and have to go re-back through security, which is metal detectors and back checks. 
that was not an option for us. Yeah. It just takes too much time. Yeah, and everything inside was obviously super busy, and like you said, the the quality of food was just lackluster. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's still a lot of room for opportunity there. Yeah, and there there was a food court. Now, I want to be I want to full disclosure here. There was a food court. The problem with the food court is that all the other food was so crappy that everyone was at the food court. Like literally every person at the con was at the food court at the same time. Yep. So, I just found the one hot dog booth that was kind of in an obscure place that no one went to and I just went to that hot dog booth every time I wanted to eat. Yep. So, um other than that, I loved the con. I liked the setup. I I I loved what they did. Um my only other caveat is that uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but Facebook is gearing up for Facebook gaming. Right. Okay, and I'm a okay. Facebook streamer. And we got to sit down with the director of Facebook gaming and talk to him, and he had a lot of great things to say, and I'm really happy about the future of Facebook gaming. But you could notice right away that they weren't prepared for the amount of exposure they were going to get there. So everyone was very interested in what kind of streamers were around the booth, and really it was just Fortnite, PUBG, and World of Warcraft. Now, they had Jay Muse there, which is really cool, and he played Injustice too. But overall, it was like a lot of the same stuff. It's like, I walk by, there's Fortnite. I walk by, there's PUBG. I walk by, there's Fortnite. So they had absolutely zero retro presence there at all, and nothing that was really not an exclusive title, like a very big title. So I would have preferred more varied streaming on that so I could see different games that I didn't know about, because like everyone knows PUBG. Right? You don't need 15 PUBG streamers. You just get a couple... And you mix them in during the day, and you get a couple Fortnite guys, and you get a couple Injustice guys, and you, you mix the gameplays up. But it just seemed like a lot of it was very the same shtick. It was just like... But see, like I think this is a good uh, discussion topic here. We can, we can cut here and, and have some input. Doesn't this concern you for Facebook streaming, Facebook gaming, in the sense that they're not even... They're in beta right now, right? You have to be invited in order to even try out this system. Yes. And their vision, their what they put in front of the mass market this weekend was Fortnite, PUBG, and World of Warcraft. Yep. What does that tell me about Facebook is that they only care about exposure. They don't care about the odd game that you're talking about because they're concerned that the off game that you want to see isn't going to draw traffic. The right. reason, The reason they don't want to put... No offense, but the one reason why they don't want to put a retro streamer on at PAX East is because they believe people will walk, look, and keep walking. Versus PUBG and Fortnite, which are like, you know, everyone's just losing their minds about, people will watch it. And it's like, I have nothing against the Battle Royale scene. I play it, for God's sakes. But I'm tired of it being all these streaming companies are, are talking about. It's literally like we are the, we are, hey, hey, everybody, we are Fortnite streaming. We're not Twitch anymore. We're just Fortnite. We're just PUBG. We're just the Battle Royale network. And my problem with with Facebook, or my concern with Facebook is that they're not even out yet. They're not even public yet. And they're already kind of favoring this, hoping to get, hoping to jump on that bandwagon and, and grab the next ninja so that they can, you know, make a shit ton of money. That's exactly it. So when I, ha- when I was there with the, with this guy, Josh, and he's the head of this Facebook group, I said, look, I said, he was like, well, hey, Fortnite, we already, we have already booked the whole weekend. We've had all these streamers booked the whole weekend. I said, look, if I, put an NES Classic Mini into your booth and you put me on there and I beat Battletoads live here at the con, people are going to watch that, okay? Because you don't have anything like that. 
I said, if I beat Ghosts and Goblins or Castlevania or any retro game that you can name, name a hard game, I'll beat it right here live in, in, in an hour. I said, you can't find an hour for that? I said, who's going to offer you that? You know? And he's like, well, you know, we already book, pre-book it and we pay them and that's all this other stuff. And that's great. But like, I'm with you. I feel like they're, they're got, they have their nose in a direction. And it's not necessarily the best direction. And that's concerning to me because I'm a retro person on Facebook and I'm part of a really large retro Facebook streaming page, the largest one on Facebook. And they were cordial to us and they want us to pair with them, but still, still no retro stuff. Still no, yeah, we'll fit you in or yeah, let, let's, let's try to make this work because they just wanted to put 15 Fortnite streamers or 15 PUBG streamers. And for me, when I watched it, the first day, Thursday, a lot of people watching. Watch JMU's, watch all the stuff. Day two, less people. Day three, less people. Day four, almost no one near the Facebook booth. They had to start throwing hats out. Uh, here's another thing. And this isn't a knock on Facebook. I'm yes, a face- it is. Okay, a little bit. I'm a Facebook streamer. Okay? I came to PAX. I went into their VIP booth. I talked to their head of marketing. I showed them what, we, what I can do, what they can do. They liked it. Okay? The problem is, is that they had these Facebook gaming hats. And I just wanted a hat. I was like, hey, can I have a hat? And they're like, no, we, we can't. We don't, we don't have enough. And I'm like, you have like 5,000 of them right there. Can you just give me a hat? Right? No, they wouldn't do it. Okay? And Jeff, the guy I stayed with, the owner of Xbit Gaming with 130,000 or 122,000 likes on his page, they wouldn't give him a hat. And it's like, why? You know, also, we're, we're considering here to- that you could potentially wear that hat around the convention all weekend That's long. exactly what I was mm. going to do. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to do, and I was going to wear it on my streams, yeah. and I was going to promote Facebook gaming. It instead, took us, they, instead, they threw it out to people that don't care about Facebook streaming. Yeah, they threw it into the crowd. Yeah. Okay? That's great. But, like, the thing is, is it took us three days. We finally got one hat. He gave us one hat, which, of course, you know, Jeff, take the hat, right? You, you started the page. But, like, it was just so abrasive. Like, yeah, here, come into our booth, our VIP booth that only certain people can come in. Here's some sandwiches and drinks, and we'll talk to you, but... Oh no, hats! We can't. We can't give you a hat. It just seemed weird to me. It was like, yeah, you're here, and I'm talking to you because I want it to be marketable. But I really don't give a shit what you stream, and I really don't give a shit about retro. So we're going to talk to you because it looks cool, but we're not going to actually put you on our platform. Yeah. If anything, so our one of our first conventions that we did, gaming conventions that we did was PAX Prime, right? It, PAX West now, but it used to be called PAX Prime, and that's in Seattle. And um, the year that we went, 2015 was when YouTube Gaming launched. And they launched it at PAX Prime. And we sat in their booth on a couch while they presented this new platform that was going to go up against Twitch and it was going to be this huge thing. And we left with the same concern is that YouTube was already so big, right? Is that we kind of left, we're like, YouTube just is, just wants a piece of the pie. Yep. Like they have no idea, their, their business model is, is, is not, non-existent. They don't, they're only focusing on, you know, Destiny at the time the the big the big ones Destiny Call of Duty and I, I don't know Halo right like that whatever the scene was at that point um, and it was like I just don't feel confident that I'm even that I'm even interested in bringing content to this platform because they're not going to support me and sure enough let's look at let's look at YouTube gaming right now it, like your biggest YouTube gamers are moving to Twitch mm-hmm. 
Okay, because YouTube gaming and YouTube in general has been super negative and super frustrating for gamers to even try to put their content on their platform. So they're moving. And it's like Facebook kind of feels that way. It's like I saw this booth and it was one of the big. It was the same size as Xbox or PlayStation's booth. It was a fantastic booth. It was one of the main booths. You know, I'm talking like, I don't know, like 100 by 100. It was it was like. Huge. And I was like, I don't even know why this is here. It was like, I I don't know. Like, this is a waste of space because I couldn't figure out why, what was even going on in this booth because they were so, it was so, like you said, this shit's going on over here. This shit's going on over here. These people are over here. Hats are flying off over here. And it was just like, what, what are you trying to promote right now? Cause I, cause I haven't learned a single thing about Facebook gaming. Now, mind you, yes, I didn't go into the booth, find someone, and say, "Hey, you, one to one me, and tell me what the hell is going on." Well, even the, then, it didn't. It but, didn't really tell right, me. But the problem is, is that people don't do that, right? You have to, from the outside, you have to somehow grab me and say, "Oh, what's this?" and come in. Throwing a hat in my face isn't going to do that. First of all, okay. Yeah. You're not Nintendo. <clears throat> Nintendo, I'll go over there and flash my titties for a Nintendo hat, okay? Be like, ooh, that's what give I mean. Me a is pin, Nintendo. Only Facebook. You don't give me shit besides take my money. Facebook gaming people wanted the hats, not fi- not people who were just experiencing Facebook gaming for right. the first time. So it was like it was really weird. And the thing that the thing that I want to stress about this booth is they had this big screen, right? Okay, and they had a little booth where they had a, like a a, a ce- celebrity. It was like kind of B listers a little bit for Facebook. You know, uh, like Trade Chat is a really big YouTuber for World of Warcraft. She was there. They had J Muse, right? They had some Fortnite and PUBG streamers. But like I said, it was people watching them. It didn't have anyone in the crowd like, "Hey guys, are you are you do you like this? Do you do you want to you know?" It, it had no focus. It was just like, "Hey, look at all these cool people we hired. Watch them." I think honestly, <clears throat> anybody that has that has access to you know, that's streaming on Facebook, if you could have shown them your page and said, here's a video I did with, you know, whatever many views, like, that should have granted you a hat instantly because you are using the platform, which means you want to support the platform, which means you probably will put that hat on your head and walk it around the show so that way the people that are sitting back at the Dungeons and Dragons booth at the back, you know, in the analog section goes, oh, Facebook gaming, I haven't even made it up there yet. I've been curious about that because I want to bring the Dungeons and, my, our Dungeons and Dragons campaign onto stream. Yeah, it's like, not it's super hard. It's not super hard. Gamezilla Media is not as big as Facebook, and what I'm about to do is going to blow we're Facebook's mind. We're not yet. We, we're I getting, thought, co- we're getting we close. Were. We're getting we close, but we're not there yet. So what I'm about to do is about to blow Facebook's mind. Steve, I'll give you a hat. You want to wear it? Yeah. Okay, I'll get it for you upstairs. Yeah, because I want to wear hats for things that I like and then I'm involved in. Right? So okay, that's, done. that's the you concern I had. You, you well, hit the nail on the head. before you promise them that, it is technically your hat, so you the hat. Yeah, I'll get him a hat. <laughs> okay. No problem. I'm just say, I'm just the hat is not the point. I'm just <laughs> but I, I I appreciate it and I want it and I'm holding you to it now. But right. the hat is not the point. The point is is that we walked into this booth by request. We were outside the booth. Okay, Josh came out and said, "Hey, who are you guys?" And we said, "Hey, we're part of XP Gaming." He said, "Oh, I know you guys. You're the largest retro streaming Facebook page. Come into our booth." So he invited us into the booth. We didn't go up and say, hey, can we talk to you? We're XP Gaming. He came out, okay? Then we got in the booth, and it was like, 
hey, that was a gimmick. It, it didn't seem like it was real because we we, we have a page that is 120,000 likes. That's small compared to a million or two million or something. But if Facebook's not going to at least address that 120,000 people want to watch retro stuff, then that's concerning to me because how big do I have to be? So it seems like the li- we're not little, but we're not big. We're like in the middle somewhere. But if I have to be at 500,000 likes or 750,000 likes before they even give me a hat, why should I be on their platform? I can go on Twitch right now and just switch all of my products over to Twitch and get involved in the GameZilla Twitch thing and get, 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 get partnered and do all the same stuff. And I know that when I grow to 100,000 people or whatever that is, I'm going to be able to go to Twitch and be like, hey, I want to do stuff. Right. Yeah. And then- well, the the thing about Twitch that that it doesn't seem like like Facebook has the opportunity here to come into this market and be smart about it, and they ha- and they're not they're so far this after this convention it didn't feel that way. No. Is that like we can we gain affiliation with Twitch very easily? I don't I don't want to say easily, but pretty pretty you know it doesn't take a lot of work. You, you can the- gain your affiliation pretty pretty right. straightforward, and with a stream team like like we have here, it's even easier for people. But and and once you hit that affiliation, you can you have a revenue stream. You literally have a revenue stream after that. Then, like you said, it, you don't need a hundred thousand. If you get, God, twenty thousand followers, you'll probably gain partnership at that point. And that partnership, all of a sudden, your 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 sub ratio will be better. You'll like you said, you'll be able to go to a con. Show, you know. Uh, show that you're a partner. Walk into partner-only rooms. Walk right up to you know. I mean, with with respect, walk right up to people like if ninjas there or whatever. They're going to be in the same lobby as you are because you're both partners. Right. So it doesn't matter that he's three million and you're a hundred thousand. Doesn't matter. You're both partners. You guys have seen what stuff I've been doing and what I can do, and I've even told you guys some stuff that I haven't done yet. Right, so I'm scaling up 8-Bit Steve's accomplishments and what I'm attacking and what I'm going after is going to get a lot bigger. And so I revealed some of that stuff and I'm like, this is what's happening. Like this is AGDQ. It's 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 huge. Over a million dollars twice a year. Okay? Awesome games done quick. Awesome games done quick. It's a huge a huge charity marathon. It's run twice a year and they generate millions of dollars. Okay, people want to watch retro. It's not just about Fortnite and PUBG. You have to diversify the streaming platform. On Twitch, there's a lot of speedrunners and a lot of retro stuff. There's also a lot of PUBG. There's also a lot of Rocket League. It's diverse, and that's the point of streaming is just because Rocket League gets a million views and retro gets 200,000 views doesn't mean that you just ignore the 200,000 views. You have to get everybody to make your platform bigger than Twitch. And the way that I felt was like, yeah, he, he acknowledged us and was like, hey, and I'm not bashing this. I want them to get better. I want them to incorporate more retro stuff. That's why I'm saying this stuff. I want a stream and a Facebook booth because there's very few people who can do that, right? I'm affiliated with the largest retro page. Now, there's, there's the Mexican runner and lots of great speed runners that I would love to see stream in the Facebook booth, but they don't stream on Facebook, right? I, I am the retro guy on, fa- on Facebook streaming, but I wasn't even big enough for them to incorporate me into a 10-minute panel right you're telling me that there's no way they could have moved jay muse was supposed to be on from 12 to 1 they moved him he stayed there for an hour and a half extra so it's flexible i don't know maybe i'm just maybe i'm being condescending i don't know i just felt i felt kind of isolated my whole thing about facebook and then we can and we can move on from this but i think we've made our point is that we weren't impressed with them at pax east is that you already are joked about as the old person's social media Okay, you're not the hip platform anymore. 
and you're trying to bring in Facebook Gaming, a whole new, a whole new product, a whole new platform that's going to spin, you know, Fortnite and stuff like that, which is which is like the hotness for the kids. Like, yes, yes, I, we we play Fortnite, but the kids lo- are eating this stuff up, right? And so you're <laughs> like, these are these are the the things that you're doing to try to make your platform reach back out to the youth that are enjoying Twitter and Instagram and yes, Facebook owns Instagram, but they're enjoying other platforms more than Facebook. Okay. When you got the, when the kids, when the scene is, they look at us and say, Oh yeah, Facebook's for old people like you. That's not good for your platform. I'm sorry. Cause eventually we get old and they're not interested. That's not a good, like, you can go name a bunch of companies that don't exist anymore that the old people got too old and didn't care about renting physical movies anymore, and the young crowd loved streaming, and it's a reason why Netflix exists and Blockbuster doesn't, okay? It, that You have to continue to evolve and continue to keep future generations interested in your platform, and this is a very good opportunity with adding gaming to you, but you're doing it in a way that I think is just going to shoot you in the foot and you're going to be the next YouTube gaming. And and that scares me. It scares me. So, all right. Well, that was our takes on PAX East. Um, we had a 6.5 out of 10, a 7 out of 10, and I gave it a 9 out of 10. Um, it was a fun time, busy event, but overall, um, you know, we got, to, we got to play video games. We got to hang out with nerds, and uh, we got to buy a bunch of cool shit. So, you know, it was a good time. I'll enjoy PAX. Uh, many, many more times for sure. So, and I will go back to PAX East. I, I just, I love that show. It's, you know, it's in our backyard. It's not too, it's not too far away from Michigan. So compared, no. compared to the other shows. So it just, it makes sense for us to continue to, uh, to try. But I think moving forward, what we have learned is that we have the ability to make an impact in these shows. So we're going to be working more on getting involved with packs. So, uh, you know, bring potentially pitching a podcast panel that could be presented at a smaller theater at PAX and, and things like that. So that's what we're going to be working on. We would love to hear your thoughts. Like, how can GameZilla get more involved with local events and things like packs, you want to join the Discord channel for that. Discord's free. Talk with gamers from around the world every day. And, uh, you know, hit in that suggestion channel, things that you'd like to see next from GameZilla. That's the same for a bit, Steve. If you guys want to see me more on this podcast, let these guys know. I would love to be on here more. Or Legend of Retro. Or anything. So we want to have more 8-Bit Steve content that's paired with GameZilla. We want to see your speed skills. That's what we want to see. We want to see footage. Tony Morelli uh, video game tournament kind of. We didn't stream it though. We should. Where, where was that? Oh, you want to see live? Yeah, we want to. So see So if you want to yeah, see it, stream. So here, I've got two things that you can watch me on. You can watch me on my regular Eight Bit Steve Facebook page. On that page, I play through every NES game in a sp- very specific order, copying the Mexican Runner because he's my favorite streamer of all time. So I'm about 30, 35 games in. It's been kind of busy, but you're going to see every single NES game there eventually. Uh, the other place that you can see me is on Xbit Gaming, which is on Fridays. I have a show called The Easy Way, where I break down very difficult NES games with maps and instructions and uh, all that stuff. Jay watched one of the episodes. Uh, you can, If you want to beat Ninja Turtles or Castlevania or Friday the 13th or Ghosts and Goblins or probably Battletoads at some point, check that show out on Xbit. I will break the whole game down for you, and I'll show you exactly how I do it. I watched the Castlevania one, and within 
45 seconds, I learned three things that mm. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> oh, I don't even have to worry about that guy. I can just do this. Like, uh, yeah, it is, they are very good. Very, very informative and a lot of fun to watch. So, all right. Uh, do we have, uh, do you have some stuff to cover on your, your segment? Uh, yeah. Okay. So before we do that, test. Do you have anything that uh, you need to talk about? Because I know you didn't go to PAX, so like, did you go to any conventions? Um, I I watched WrestleMania, okay, and um, it was a good time. All right, there we go. Mute his mic now. All right, well, let's get into some esports. Welcome to Summoner's Rift. So this is a little bit risky. Oh my God, Frybrook, are you kidding me? Ambition steals the Elder Dragon. Oh, let's break it down. Do I have esports news this week? Yeah, we got esports news. Yeah, we're gonna start with Overwatch. Stage three has begun. Things have gotten shook up. Let me tell you. So, top three teams are two and zero: New York, L.A., and Boston. You'd expect it, right? So you uh, you want to see those teams at the top? They're still at the top. However. Shanghai Dragons still at the bottom. Oh. Still haven't won. They're 0-2. But teams like London, Spitfire, yeah. 0-2. Went 0-2 last week at the bottom of the, bottom of the standings. Uh, the Houston Outlaws, normally towards the top, 1-1 one one at the bottom. Like, a lot of teams are getting a little shaken up here. Dallas, who has been consistently the worst team aside from Shanghai... Is tied for fifth place right now. Tied for fifth at one and one. Crazy. But that's not what we want to really talk about here. We want to talk about the fact that history was made this past weekend in Miami, Florida, as the LCS North American Championship took place. It was 100 Thieves against Team Liquid. No matter which team wins, it will be the first time for this organization to win a split title. And in a, I'm going to say it, easy 3-0 fashion, Team Liquid takes home the Spring Split Championship title. Oh, I probably shouldn't do that. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, what does this mean? This means that Doublelift, the ADC for Team Liquid, now successfully has won three split titles on three separate teams. The only player in North America to win a title on a different team twice. Now he's done it three times. So he's won on CounterLogic. He's won on TSM. He has now won on Team Liquid. The MVP of the playoffs you think would be Doublelift because he crushed it, but Pobelter squeaks through, takes the MVP for, I'm going <laughs> to, honestly, probably the best Azir I've seen played since Azir came out. I've seen him do things with Azir that I've never seen anybody do with on Azir. Like, people would dive in to the Baron Pit and then flash out because they're like, shit, we're stuck in the Baron Pit. This team's coming in. They're about to kill us. Let's flash out. They flash out. He flashes forward, ults all three of them back into the pit. 
so that they could kill him off and steal the Baron. Yeah, like it, it was amazing. Never seen stuff before on Azir. It was pure art. It was just crazy things out of out of his Azir. He definitely deserves the split MVP for the for the for the tournament itself. The actual MVP of the split, the whole split, actually goes to the losing side in the support of Aphromoo. Who deserves it as well? Who who deserves it, honestly, more than anybody else. Um, 100 Thieves obviously had a great start to the split, had that rocky middle, and then ended up going 9-1 in the back half of the split, honestly, off of the back of Aphromoo. Every support that he's played has just been amazing. He pulled out supports that you don't normally see in the pros in like a Blitzcrank, his Thresh that they're bringing back into the meta, like just supports that he's not really well known on and not a lot of supports play. He's uh, coming out and, and putting into the mix and just doing some crazy things on him. So well-deserved Aphromoo. And uh, that's it. That's all I have to say. I just wanted to get out there that we did have some news. Team Liquid is your spring split ch- champs. And uh, congratulations, Team Liquid. Yeah, I just want to say we got our Team Liquid jerseys before they um, before they won. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> yep. We we went to Meta. We got our you know we got our uh, I got my new black you know brand new brand new these just came out in March. Um, jersey with my name on the back. Jazzy picked up the blue yep. with his name on the back, and we were super excited. So we wanted to wear these because they th- they showed the finals in the Alienware booth, who sponsors Team Liquid, and um, so we wanted to ha- be rocking them when when the uh, you know championship started. So it was uh, it was really nice because. We didn't go and spend top dollar on a jersey and then watch him get smoked by hundred right, thieves. Right, <laughs> But uh, overall, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, congrats to Team Liquid. Congrats, congrats on on my prediction. It is in the Discord because it was screenshot from several people. I predicted Team Liquid number one. There you go. There you have it. You're welcome. Let's move on. <laughs> and also, just to show the support that everybody did for Double Lift. Obviously, last week we had some rough news with what happened with his family and all the support that everybody gave him. And he um, was able to, with that support, uh, be in Miami for his team, play for the championship, and just being able to see him uh, become a champion for <laughs> the third time on a th- on a third different team is just awesome, especially with all the stuff that he's going through. I believe so. actually it's the fourth time in four, on yeah, three fourth teams. time three teams. Yep, sorry. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that's uh, esports. You can always um, hop into the Discord um, and talk esports, or you can head right on over to GameZillaMedia.com and uh, check out our blog and all the other content we're making. So uh, you know, esports related or just anything retro video games. Current current video games and uh, everything else. So, um, I don't have a muster bus this week because we've been so busy at uh, at PAX. I don't think there's anything. Your muster bus is that you need you need to uh, go pre-order Detroit Become Human. Get ready for State of Decay Two. God of War looks amazing. Uh, all these things are coming out in the next month, realistically, month to two. The messenger. Oh, my You're gosh. muted. You're muted. 
Oh yeah, sorry, you're having coughing. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna die, so he muted my mic. Um, the Messenger made by Sabotage Studios. Definitely check that out. Uh, You're gonna see it on my stream. So I'm gonna have the world record. I'm just letting you know right now. Also, for anybody that was looking for the next edition of Shovel Knight, they did have King Knight, King of Cards, available at PAX East. Not only does the actual game with King Knight look awesome. But they actually have a card game that goes along with it that you can play, which is super cool. Oh, yeah, we did get to see the card game. You're right. So look forward to that because it's just as good as everything Shovel Knight is. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's uh, Yacht Club Games, man. They're they're not joking around. So it was cool to see that. But Guacamelee 2, I mean, there's so many games that we got our hands on that I, that's your muster bust. Get ready. We have. An amazing year still coming up of gaming, you know that uh, that and E three hasn't even hit yet. So like we we still don't even know the surprises that are going to hit us in a couple months. But it's 2018 is shaping up as a great year for video games uh, on all levels, from indie to triple A, uh, retro retro themed to state of the art graphics. It's all there. Uh, and uh, let's be honest, it's a little light on VR, and I think we're all okay with it until they figure out what that technology is really going to be. Good for all right told them cindy's bikini car wash i I know you you really you stood up in the panel interrupted everybody square enix was like getting the security to escort you out and you were just screaming give me those vr titties and i was like jesus jazz he's He's not wrong he's not wrong (laughs) at e3 they're coming to come out they're gonna be like we just came up with this great idea (laughs) and you'll be like son of a bitch i'm gonna be like damn it (laughs) but um anyways the other thing to mention is that because of axes because of everything that we did. Uh, GameZilla Alpha is your other way to get more GameZilla content, and that is your weekly one-topic focused episode. GameZilla Alpha will be the um, for, for the foreseeable future will be interview after interview with a lot of these games coming up. So, you know, games uh, like SteamWorld Dig 2, like Guacamelee 2, Dauntless, uh, Shaq Fu, we have a lot of these lined up and we're excited to bring um, these interviews to you. And you're only going to get those on GameZilla Alpha, which brings Jazzy to his next point. How can people get even faster access to those interviews? Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Your excitement level is uh, stunning. This is business. Go there. Become a patron. You get awesome perks like early access to GameZilla Alpha. Hold on. Can four I, days before anybody else gets to hear it. Can I pause you real quick? Yeah. Okay. What are you? Uh, you're three. I'm just, try, I'm just trying to uh, experiment. <clears throat> Pitch Patreon for me. On the fly. If you want access to this and all sorts of other great GameZilla Media content, rather it be stuff you can't see while just listening to Noobs and Dragons, rather it be early access to GameZilla Alpha, or even, even a chance to win giveaways, to win GameZilla merch, anything like that, jump right over to Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media and find out how. Chancey, you're fired. All right, glad we had that... uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and there he goes. <laughs> you might as well take your notebook with you. That's yours. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Anyways. <laughs> Jazzy, we need you back to tell us about retro games. No. I, I got the <laughs> I got the handle. All right. Uh, go ahead. Uh, where can people get their retro taste uh, when it comes to podcasts? 
Uh, they can get their taste on the Legend of Retro podcast, which is on the GameZilla Media Network. Uh, you can also get exclusives for the Legend of Retro, GameZilla Alpha, Noobs and Dragons, and the GameZilla Main podcast, which is what I call it, by subscribing to Patreon, patreon.com slash Media. I am a patron of GameZilla Media because I believe in this brand and I believe in what they do. And so I'm a max person because that's what you do. If you like something, you contribute to that brand. So what that guy just said please, right over there. Please go there. Please contribute as 8-Bit Steve gears up more into GameZilla Media. If you want to see that more, let us know in the Discord. Let us know on the on the Facebook pages. Let us know everywhere. If you want to see more 8-Bit Steve stuff or you want to see more Jazzy, uh, which is unlikely, but you might. If you want to see more Test, if you want to see more Jay, let me know. Let everybody know what you want to see. That's right. This, 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 these shows exist because of you guys. We like we want you to influence it. We want you to tell us what you want to see you know and what content you want to get so you help shape this uh, except for jazzy coming back i don't think any of you asked for that somebody gave us a five dollar donation for him to come back oh well i guess i think it was test i guess thanks <laughs> thanks for that but anyways uh lastly noobs and dragons is our new dungeons and dragons adventure i don't know if i can call it new anymore it's like 20 some episodes in so but it is it is our dungeons and dragons adventure that you do not want to miss follow three completely idiotic people trying to run characters through a very dark and twisted world created by craig wk uh every wednesday well jandar tilly and alistair just fumble their way through every episode and somehow somehow come out the other end still hopefully we make it to the end but you need to listen to find out if it's going to happen every wednesday noobs and dragons you can listen to all of our podcasts on itunes stitcher TuneIn radio overcast google play gamezillamedia.com and any other Podbeam and any other podcast thing that i probably forgot so we are everywhere so Please hit that follow button, hit that subscribe, that heart emoji, the poop emoji, rate us five stars, leave a review. It helps us so much. And thank you for everyone that has already done so. Jazzy's back, so I'm going to ask him, is there anything else you would like to cover before we end this very special slash your last episode ever podcast? No! Mm, I give it a five out of ten. But a little bit lower than Paxi's for you. Uh, just some shout-outs. Uh, thank you to the GameZilla guys uh, for having me on this podcast. Never thought I would be able to be here, but the, the episode just matched what I what I was able to bring. So glad to be on the podcast. Sorry about... Oh, yeah. Plug my websites. I will. Uh, <laughs> www.8bitsteve.com. That's there so you don't read it out loud. <laughs> it's funnier a, if I read it out loud. That's a jazzy move. <laughs> All right. www.8bitsteve.com. Um, you can check out all the stuff that I'm involved in. I'm doing my world records, my uh, playthroughs uh, on Facebook and all that stuff on my website. But uh, shout outs to the games of the guys for having me on and getting me more involved in what's going on. Uh, video game tournament, PAX stuff, and much, much more coming. A new podcast for me that's going to be on this network probably at the end of April. Um, so just more and more stuff, uh, getting involved, getting more acclimated with all the team, and they're, they're all awesome. Uh, I'd like a shout out to Jeff and Tara for having me at their house for the whole weekend of PAX. It saved me a lot of money. Was super cool hanging out with them. We did a lot of cool stuff with Xbit Gaming. Uh, you can check me out on Xbit Gaming, uh, which is a Facebook page. You can check me out on Eight Bit Steve. So those are the two big shout outs. Um, just you know, lots of people helping me and lots of people uh, recognizing me, and that that's really cool. All right, Test. What's your shout outs? Shout out to yourself for being a badass producer. I shout out to myself for being a badass producer. <laughs> 
You're not supposed to read that out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was like, a, okay, anyways. Anything else? I got nothing. All right, cool. Well, thanks for hanging out. Uh, this has been episode 203. Minus Deadite, I think we uh, did a way better job. Jazzy, I know we picked on you, but I could say we don't need Deadite back. Well, you don't need Deadite back because I'm going to have to produce this show now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just need my voice back. I, it hurts a lot. <laughs> okay. It hurts a lot, guys. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for uh, dealing with uh, our our delay for the show. Alpha kind of got pushed because I decided to try to break my foot, and we got this show done. Alpha's going to be coming back this Thursday uh, and uh, for early access, and then we will... <laughs> yep, there's my foot. Uh, <laughs> if you're on Twitch, you're getting a really pretty shot of my brutal-looking foot. But... Anyways, um, thank you for your patience. Thanks for your well wishes. We're, we're, we're back on track now. Uh, we'll be recording Alpha Thursday. Uh, patrons will get early access. And Sunday, it'll hit, it'll hit live for the public. And everything's back to normal. Uh, but yeah, we, we had a great time. PAX was amazing. We're going we're gonna to have a lot of content still f- coming out because of this. So just uh, you know, stay tuned on the podcast. Keep an eye out on the website and on our social media pages because we have things like, uh, you know, actually, I just, saw, I just saw Neo there in the, in the stream. We have uh, PAX East exclusive skin cards. You know, someone need, uh, does someone need God Staff Jacks? Because I got extra codes, and they're only good for a couple more days. So... Hit us up. Let me know. We got some codes, and we got all sorts of other stuff. What, what, I think you wanted to say something. Yes, I have one also. Uh, oh, you have a code? I, yeah, because we I was with you. So yeah. I did the I did the League of Legends thing. These guys talked me into playing with them. So yeah. probably tomorrow, once I can talk better um, and I feel a little better, I'll start playing League with these guys. I have a code for the skin, and I'm not that into League yet. So if you want the, an extra code, I'm willing to give it to the games of the guys to give away. Because the skin doesn't it doesn't do anything, right? It's just a skin, right? Yeah, it's just so skin. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't you affect. don't even have the ch- like you'd have to get the champ first, right? So I don't even have to even use the skin, right? So. so let's just give it away. Uh, sounds good to me. Okay, all right, all right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. We will see you next week, and until then, game, game on. on. Oh, I did it again. She did like two times in a row now. It's good. Jazzy, Jazzy. Can we say that with the Amazon take? Yeah. Well, you know what? Amazon, Amazon hasn't uh, hasn't said anything to us yet, so I say we keep using it. Okay.